is the Homestead Education Podcast, where we talk all things homesteading, and we want to share our passion and experience for this lifestyle with you. We're, just, we're not going to miss any of it. It started. It started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Homestead Education. Angela and Mandy here today. And Well, hey, Mandy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we are excited to chat. So every uh, season, you know, we try to do these really in-depth, detailed, informative uh, episodes, but I think it's really important for us to also do sort of these real-life conversations because the fundamentals are really only a fraction of homesteading. It's a, a lot of it is based on like how we choose to go about our homesteads and what we want it to look like. And so here's the thing. Mandy and I are on social media, mainly Instagram. I dabble in, in the YouTube and in the, tip, the TikTok. And one of the things that I think can be a big deterrent for a lot of new homesteaders is these beautiful, stunning, well-manicured farms. And while that's wonderful and it's absolutely amazing to take pride in your space, right? I know Mandy and I do. We want it to look nice. We want it to reflect the love and the energy that goes into it. It's not a requirement to have a chandelier in your outbuildings in order to keep chickens or ducks, horses, guineas, whatever. And so we just kind of want to talk about that today, bring it back down to earth a little bit. And hey, you know what? Creating a shed out of um, wood pallets is amazing. Mm -hmm. Doing it yourself is amazing. And Mandy's going to get fired up because this topic really lights a fire under her. She's passionate about it. And that's why I'm introducing because <laughs> now we're just going to have it be the Mandy show. No, I'm kidding. No, no. I think for me, um, I think that the, I think what, what like gets me to my core a little bit is like you said, the word deterrent uh -huh. um, for you know, new and old homesteaders, if you will, or folks who have been doing this for 20 something years and they did build things out of pallets or resource, you know, coal lumber or, you know, what have you. And now they're turning around and looking at kind of social media and what people are doing now. And, you know, they're questioning Am I doing it appropriately? It, it, you know, do I fit in? Um, are my, you know, my animals, is this enough? And so I think it's all just, I mean, we've talked about this so many times and from different, you know, pockets of not just the podcast, but just social media and life and homesteading and everything. And you could connect this to a lot, a lot of like um, avenues of life or, you know, whatever you connect it to. Um, healthcare, you can connect it to law, you can connect it to pharmaceuticals, you know, so many, you know, every, um, I guess, like, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, you know, whatever road people walk down or career path that they take, there are things like this that I think come to light. But we have said, ever since the beginning, I think it is, um, for lack of a better word, kind of toxic in the homesteading community. Um, you know, the idea that you have to have X, Y, and Z in order to be a homesteader 
or you have to have name brand things or, um, you know, the best of the best. And I think that absolutely there's, there's a fine line between making sure that if you care for livestock or poultry or whatever, you know, or, or even if you just tend to your garden, I think that there's a fine line to walk between it being, um, you know, well cared for and all of those things being, you know, done appropriately. Um, and also then like, what is extra? Like what, I mean, we could talk about this on two different livestock animals. We could talk about it for, for gardening. If you just want to like break it down, you know, like all the different amendments that people think they have to have to grow a damn tomato is just like not necessary. And I think it's a huge deterrent because it's like, oh, I get this tomato seedling maybe from the store or you grow it in your greenhouse and you've maybe put like a dollar or two into it. And then it's like, oh, I need to spend $60 on this and this. And then like, now it's like a hundred dollar tomato and people are like, well, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't know. And then I keep talking. And then <laughs> so I think, so I think if I circle back a little bit, what is just kind of like what we want to talk about or what really not well bothers me or just kind of like, you know, makes me feel sad um, is so many people want to kind of break into this lifestyle and uh, we obviously are very huge supporters of that. Um, and, you know, I truthfully do believe that, again, not going to like get on a soapbox about something else, but, you know, the world is changing. <laughs> and, you know, if you can provide for your family, you can grow your own food or, ha you know, you drink milk or eat, eat meat, those types of things. If you, you can do it. Like nobody, nobody was born and we were like, oh, I know how to raise a cow. I mean, we were all, we're all taught, right? Self-taught. Like I taught myself how to bake bread, you know, so many different things. So I think it just makes me sad to see people who want to like break into the lifestyle for the very, very good reasons for the health of their family, their, you know, sustainability, their livelihood. And then they are deterred by what they see potentially on social media or what they, in the media or what, wherever it is. And they think they have to have all these things in order to achieve their goal. That that's the end. No, it's not the end. We're gonna keep going, and you get. <laughs> but I mean, you touched on so many things. I think there's the pin the Pinterest syndrome or whatever it is, right? Where. And it's, uh, it's everywhere. It's on all kinds of social media. It's on TV. You know, people want to see beautiful pictures. People want to see glamour. It's part of the daydream. Here's the thing, though. There's functional farming and there's glamour farming. I'm not saying glamour farming isn't functional. If you have a chandelier in your coop, I'm not telling you that you're not doing a good job or you're doing it right. So please don't take it that way. What I'm saying is functional farming means that the things that you have work. Mm -hmm. The end. It doesn't have to go beyond that. If you don't want to wear a dress like I do, and you'll see me do in some of my Instagram photos, then don't. Wear mm -hmm. pants. Wear overalls. Wear sweats. Wear nothing. I don't care. Do what <laughs> you want to do. But for me, today, I have to go out and build a three-sided run and shed for my animals. I'm not going to wear a dress today because I don't want to. I don't, I'm not going to go buy a shed row that's pre-built because I don't want to. I'm going to build it myself and I'm going to wear jeans or overalls while I do it. Now, there are other days where 
I might not have been working as intensely on the farm and maybe it's more of an office or an admin day. I'll put on a dress and then I might take a picture of myself going out to feed my ducks and said dress. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm uh, one, I'm coming at it from the angle of that's not what real life looks like. And number two, it doesn't mean that I'm trying to dupe anybody into thinking what it looks like. I just do what I do. And I put a picture on Instagram. If you find that you are feeling deterred from getting into homesteading, gardening, any sort of self-sufficiency lifestyle, but the only pictures you're surrounding yourself with, the only resources you're surrounding yourself with are the ones that are filled with beauty, you have to take a step back. Mm -hmm. Do yourself a favor and unfollow some of those things. I did. I followed some things where it was like, this is just not realistic. This is not, this is not real. I'm never going to be able to afford this. It was making me feel like aesthetically the stuff that I was doing wasn't good enough. I unfollowed it. It's not right. We have to be functional. That is the primary concern. Your animals do not care about the chandelier. They don't know it's there. Your animals need food, water, bedding, and they need to be well taken care of. They don't need stained glass windows. They don't need fresh paint every year. They don't need landscaping around their structure, okay? And that's not to say that those are bad things. Again, we want to take pride in our work. And I'm not saying you're taking anything away from your animals. What I'm saying is that's fluff and you don't need that. You absolutely do not. Go to go travel. If you go to third world countries, I mean, look at the way that they keep animals. It's like a tarp on top of a pallet and they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, I think that the goal here is not to say, like you keep saying, it's not to be like, oh, well, you're doing it wrong. You know, if you have, for the example of the chandelier, I think it's more or less to kind of, for the people who are listening or something, it's, um, like you said, it's fluff. It's, it's not necessary. And if you have that, that's awesome. You're doing, everybody's doing a great job. Right. But I think the reason we wanted to talk about this or the reason we do talk about it a lot and um, is because the idea or the notion um, surrounding, you know, specifically the homestead community, um, you know, like your smaller farms or, you know, people who are kind of just not necessarily big farming or big ranching is you know, it is that like glamour piece of people seeing all of those things and just kind of like you said in the beginning, bringing it a little bit back down to earth. Really, really the, really the whole focus is to just say, you can do it. However you're doing it is, is fine. As long as your animals are well cared for or your, you know, your tomato is growing or whatever it is, you see it, I think more, well, I, both and and like, the barn and then the garden. I don't think it's one, one is, you know, better than the other or worse than the other. So, um, I don't know where, how do you even think this started? I think it was with social media. Yeah. Well, and then what do you think would happen? It was like TV shows like HGTV, your house had to look a certain way. What, what do you think would happen if, like social media went away. I mean, I think, nobody would see, obviously we wouldn't see, I wouldn't be able to see what you were doing on your homestead and, and likewise, but do you think that people would then revert back to being more functional? 
as someone who has a social media account that I post to regularly, I will absolutely say that if social media went away, it would be doing the world a favor. I truly believe that. Yeah. And I mean, it is some, I mean, I love, I, I enjoy social media. I mean, we run a business through social media. We've connected with you like friends, like lifelong friends through social media, but I don't think I disagree with you. And I think just like, I mean, in honing in on this topic, I mean, if you think about those things, it's like, maybe that should be like the mindset, not actually getting rid of social media. It's never going to go away. And I mean, also I think about like, um, before I had a farm and I just had like a garden, right. That was kind of my first thing. And Pinterest wasn't really a thing. And Instagram wasn't a thing. I collected pictures out of like gardening magazines. And that was kind of my inspiration. I don't think there's anything wrong with inspiration. I think inspiration is, is a separate conversation. That's, that's almost like a good thing, right? Like idea generation, creativity. Um, we, we obviously don't know it all. We obviously can't think of everything ourselves. And so I think inspiration is great. I think lack of motivation and self-destructive behaviors as a result of seeing what somebody else has and making you feel bad and, or then you can't get started because of it is a shame. Mm -hmm. I think that's a different thing. I agree. It's just, I don't, it's just like, you know, obviously we are here and, um, like really big supporters of the idea of being a support person for people who want to, to homestead or need an idea or need help in the garden or, you know, those types of things. I just wonder what it would be like if we, like I said, you know, didn't get rid of social media. Everything remained the same. However, our mindsets kind of shifted in a way that we um, were living like there wasn't a social media. Does that even make sense? Like you mm -hmm. do what you do and with the resources that you have and the money that you have and, you know, all of those things and you'd be proud of it. Um because you are probably going to inspire so many other people to do the same thing. I mean, we in our barn, it, it like we had our barn built. Absolutely. I'm like, not, I'm not going to not say that. Right. I mean, obviously we didn't build that, but by we, Amish folk, right. You had a big Amish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were incredible. It was just like, we were talking about, that. it was just such a, a neat process to watch, but you know, then we outfitted all the inside. You could buy stalls, but we outfitted all the inside and hanging up our shovels are with PVC pipe. I mean, it's like all these different things. There are so many different ideas that you can use and gather from other people um, that are functional. Maybe they're not pretty. I mean, they're not pretty. And I, I mean, I'm not even going to be one to say that when I am on social media, if I have the camera facing towards me or something like that, I will think to myself, Oh, that looks like unkept or something like that. But you know what? It works. And like, it's been that way for years and it's, we've never had to change it because it works. So I think, I don't know. And this is kind of like totally switched 
topics in a way of maybe this is all. Well, I think we, uh, it, it is all because of social media. I mean, that's not to say though, if you are listening and you aren't on social media, that's amazing. If that's true, but maybe you have a neighbor or a friend and you find yourself envying the way they did something, or it's making you question the way you operate or run your homestead. I mean, I guess you can run into it anywhere. There's a saying when I went to art, my art classes when I was in school, um, form follows function. So your prior priority should always be function in anything that you do, whether it be, um, working on your car, whether it be the way that you design your home, your outbuildings for your animals, how you place your garden, it needs to function. And the form always follows that form being the aesthetic. And there are lots of really beautiful pictures of things that you'll see that are not at all functional. They might be beautiful, but you look at the way that those doors are placed and you are like, what the hell? How are they going to get stuff in and out of there? You know, or I mean, if you start thinking about some of those things, form and beauty is not always great. It needs to work, especially when it is cold and snowy and you just want to get your animals fed. Or especially when you're bringing in a massive animal. I really wanted to keep my Clydesdales in this old portion of the barn that we had. And I was trying so hard to make it work because I thought, oh my God, it would be so beautiful to have these animals in the 1775 barn. It's got like old hand-hewn beams and like this stone foundation. There was no way in hell I was going to get those animals in and out of there every day. They're too big. Okay. I thought about knocking down a wall. I was trying to figure out a way to make it work. Guess what? This little daydream of mine with the picture perfect little entry for the, it was, it, no, no. I instead had to upcycle a three star or a three stall garage. And three star, or maybe, maybe yeah, three star. <laughs> it might be three star. It might be two star, but guess what? It works. And I was so thankful I got over the whole oh but this is so pretty thing because that's really what it was it was the look of it I'm so thankful I got over that and was just like no like it just needs to function they it needs to function and the horses are happier for it they can go in and out of the the fields anytime they want to there's this massive like driveway turnaround thing up there because it's a three-stall garage and so when the farrier comes he can park right there and the vet comes they can park right there it's been absolutely amazing but I had to get over the whole aesthetic of it. So I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. I mean, I guess now I'm, I'm like quizzing you, but I think this is what, what, how did you get over it? Or what, what I maybe, what, maybe the better question is what even in the first place um, led you to the idea or the thought that you like had to have this picturesque barn. So this barn that I have is massive, right? And before we brought the Clydesdales in, I had already bought Dozer, but I, I wasn't in the whole daily routine of it yet and how much they actually output and input, you know, like I was just in the writing phase of it because somebody else was taking care of it. I was boarding her and I just kind of thought, okay, well, it would be the back portion of the barn because that would be enough space for two. And there's this tight little curve and it's not finished, but you know what? They had plywood on the floor. So I took up the plywood 
I dropped a whole bunch of fill and then gravel on the floor and then stall mats. And then I divided the space into two stalls and it was going to be beautiful. I was going to hang string lights. And then I put tongue and groove on the walls. And I had the guy at the time who was my mentor, who was boarding dozer come look at it. And he was like, um, well, it looks really nice, but it's not going to work. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why is this going to work? Well, one, the tongue and groove, they would have absolutely annihilated that with the first stall kick. Like it has to be heavy duty, two by six pressure treated boards. So none of the tongue and groove was going to work. I would have to take it all down. But the actual functionality of taking the horse in and out, the doors weren't wide enough for their big old barrels, their big stomach bodies. You know, they're just huge tanks. Wasn't going to be wide enough. And it would be a series of turns to get them in and out with a step up because it's a raised old stone foundation. So I was like, well, I'll just build an earth ramp. And then it became all of these, well, I'll just do this. I'll just do that. This isn't working. I'm going to fix it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Like, yeah. I wanted something to work because in my head, it was just really pretty to have this old historic barn with these Clydesdales coming in and out. And that to me was like this really pretty little daydream, right? Like I bought that barn and I thought that's where they're going to live. It was just kind of my idea from the get-go. didn't mean it was going to work well, though. Yeah. I mean, I just wonder if, and I'm not trying to pick on you, and this is just like everybody. It, it, no, I, pick I, on I me. just wonder if like that is, you know, we have all these ideas, and I wonder if that's because somebody or down the line or, you know, it's become so like, in our faces that you have to have that in order to, I think that the connection that I'm, I'm, you know, we could talk about this for forever, but I think the connection for me that I want to drive home is I, it's like, you see all these, you know, picturesque things. Um, and I personally, I would think that you would agree. Want people to know that, you and we keep kind of saying the same thing but like the goal here is to um have you all know that you don't have to have those things in order to have like a healthy animal or a healthy lifestyle i think that there is such a huge disconnect when it comes to homesteading um and you know what we see and what we actually do um it's kind of like those you know the, the few times you'll see, you know, people will be like, well, this is actually real life. Like, this is what you see, but like, oh my gosh, this is actually real life. And, um, that's because we only, you know, we being like a very, you know, mass, not just we here sitting here talking to you, but just like the mass population, we show all of like the pretty things or the finished picture or the, you know, the finished painting or whatever it is, because that's, I mean, like you take pride in that. What if we started taking pride in all of the other things that got us to that point? Like, then I think that that would make a huge difference. I'm just. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because so I just if you listen to the last episode, we talked about greenhouses and I just built this greenhouse recently. And I still have my ladders out there and some tarps from when I was actually doing the construction phase of it. Right. And I haven't moved them yet. And so then the other day. Well, the last couple of times I've been on Instagram or filming something like um, like a YouTube video on how to do this or that. Those things are still up in the background because I have been busy and I haven't gotten around to putting them away yet. And I paused before I filmed. And I was like, should I go clean that up real quick? And I was like, no, 
I just built a greenhouse. It's okay for me to have tools still out. You know, like that's a big accomplishment. That's a thing. And then I thought if some, I know that there's other farms, people have ladders out. There's other farms, people got tarps out. Like that's real life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. I, I know. I mean, I, 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 um, I, I don't even know where to go from here. I mean, I think it, um, for me, it's, it's way, way easier said than done. Right. But for me, my idea or what, like I feel deep in my bones is like so cut and dry with, um, just wanting, wanting you and you and you and me and everybody to just feel so much pride in what they've created, um, what they're doing, how they're learning. Um, that's like the key thing. Like, like maybe you do something and you build it and it doesn't work and maybe you have to buy something or whatever. Your winters are too harsh. You, you barely make it through a winter. That is literally how, that is literally how you learn and you evolve and you grow. I and just want, no other way. I just want people to go into whatever project they have, whether it's building it for themselves or not, not worrying about what it's going to look like on Instagram. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's, that should be irrelevant. And I think too, if we could just maybe run through and do a quick reality check, like what, cause it is starting to get a little blurry. What do these things actually need? Okay. So any animal across the board needs shelter, mm-hmm. food and access to clean and thawed water. If you're in a cold climate mm-hmm. and then each of those species have particular requirements beyond that. So for poultry, if they're in a coop space, they're going to need ventilation when it's cold. They're going to need airflow if it's really hot. You don't want to close them in to a coop. They need predator protection if you don't have livestock guardians. They need bedding. Mm-hmm. That is all. Yeah. It does not matter what the shape or the form looks like that that comes in. It has to be functional. Whether or not you want to be able to walk into that space for cleaning, that's up to you. Maybe you don't need that. There's lots of smaller coops that work just as well. You know, when it comes to small livestock, hoofstock, ruminants. Okay, so they're going to need, again, food, mineral, if that applies, water, hay, and access to pasture. About it. Shelter. That's it. If you if you look at your large animals, Manny and I, um, among us, we've had donkeys cows horses okay same same fundamentals right we've got to have access to fresh clean thawed water food hay plenty of forage turnout so they can exercise they've got to have a shelter ideally you'd have something that you can walk in and out because you're going to be mucking and cleaning and changing water so you got to be able to stand up in there but chances are if you have a large animal that's not that's kind of a moot point because they're big and you're going to be able to walk into their shelter regardless because they just need that much space Airflow is important and stall mats, fatigue mats, right? Because we want to give them cushion and protection if you don't have soft ground. Um, That's all. For planting, full sun. Uh, Six to eight hours or more is amazing. You can do in-ground raised bed. Listen to previous episodes. You can hear about things that you need for garden placement. Obviously, access to water. Drainage is a concern. you need a pack of seats. Literally, you just need a pack of seats. You don't, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Um, I think maybe it's just kind of like, I don't know, encouraging a, a way to 
encourage people to think outside the box even, or really just be proud of like where you actually are in your journey and sharing those moments and like not being afraid to document those things or, um, I don't know. Well, and I encourage people to try to build their own stuff. That's how you learn that skill. And I think it's an invaluable skill when you're homesteading to not call a handyman every time you need something. I mean, obviously we all have massive products. One of Mandy's was that she put in a water line. Obviously that is a massive undertaking, but I mean, if there are places for you to kind of learn and practice the trade of carpentry and just knowing how to do things on your own, Oh my God, that is that skill. That's like gold being able to know how to do that stuff. And so if you, the first thing you do is do a run and shed for your animals. I'm thinking like a little lean to three-sided shelter for sheep or goats or something. Who cares if it leans a little bit? Who cares? I mean, if it stands up and it's protecting them, they're going to love it. And you are going to feel such a connection to that, like accomplishment, pride, the same feelings that you get from growing your own tomatoes or whatever. There's such a sense of accomplishment that comes with building your own stuff. Like I know you had your barn built, Mandy, but um, Casey and your dad built the the equine shelter. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You built Uh, your greenhouse. Yes. Yep. I th- I don't know. What's your take home? Like from all of this? I think it's really important to separate functional farming, functional homesteading from glamour homesteading. And that's again not to say glamour homesteading isn't functional or it's wrong. Nobody's saying that. I think the whole point of today's show is to remind folks that there are content creators And that's totally separate. That's a whole separate thing from what daily farm life has to look like. It's like so separate. You can be both. I mean, we are both. And it's a job. Um, Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think it is just um, reminding people or or trying to remember even myself that um, what we didn't get here without a lot of hard work and a lot of trial and error, a lot of failure. And um, I would love to bridge the gap between, you know, if we're calling, you know, functional and glamour farming um, or homesteading and kind of bring them a little bit more close together and, 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 um, you know, remove all the stuff in between to make it kind of, more symbiotic if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but i think also glamour farming to some people could also just be real quick the quantity of stuff that some homesteads do and yeah that's not always possible for everybody and i think they get deterred because they think like well i can't call myself a homesteader if i don't grow all my own produce but yeah you can you can because do you see those limes and lemons behind me on the table? I did not grow those. Yeah. And my kids like are very, very picky eaters and sure as shit. I'm not going to stop buying bananas because that's one of the few fruits they're going to eat. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get my bananas and my avocados. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. So take home is just, you know, everything that everything we've kind of just been driving home and, and just um, taking pride and showing the bad stuff and remembering that you're doing a great job and remembering that you don't have to have all of those things in order to um, reach your goals. The end. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Um, I don't know. We should maybe like chime in about this some other in some other form or something. Cause I think that this could get super spicy, but um, I just, I mean, the, the goal here is just kind of, you know, dig deep and, and resonate with everybody and hope you have a good day. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Homestead Education Podcast. Any relevant material will be put in the show notes. We hope you'll share our episodes and also click that subscribe button. For more information about this podcast, you can visit us on Instagram at Homestead Education Podcast. Angela can be found online at axeandroothomestead.com and on Instagram at axeandroothomestead. Mandy can also be found online at thefarmermandy.com and on Instagram at Wild Oak Farms. We'll see you next time.